Welcome, everybody. I am Jesse Mogul, and thank you for joining us on the American Contingency Podcast. We are a united nationwide community of steadfast Americans ready for any challenge that comes our way. We're here to inform, equip, and train you so that you are prepared to respond and recover from any man-made or natural disaster or situation. It has been a fabulous first five episodes. Super excited for what we've already been able to discuss with you. As you know, Noel Bishop was just on discussing training for preparedness. We had Tom Rigsby come on and do an entire three-episode story arc because I really wanted you to be able to get to know the person behind so much of the creative ways that we are going out there in the community and being a part of our nationwide desire to help people be prepared and self-sustaining. As part of American Contingency's promise to all of our members, we are very specific about what it is that we cover in order to help people become more prepared to respond and recover. We have already sort of kind of touched upon the 12 categories that we build all of our content around. Noel discussed it a little bit. So did Tom. Today, I'm going to take a little bit of a break just a little bit of a break from all of the interviews because we've got a lot more coming. Some amazing people behind the scenes who help make American Contingency work the way that it does, as well as some fantastic members, some regional coordinators are going to be coming on. And there's a lot of people out there like you, people like you who are listening that we are going to be reaching out to. Make sure you have a chance on the microphone to discuss the ways you are preparing yourself to respond, recover, to be sustainable, to make sure that you, whether it's bugging out and getting out and being ready for that, or whether it's hunkering down and staying in your home, you are ready for whatever situation may arise. That being said, how are we going to make sure that you are prepared to respond and recover? What are we going to inform you about so that you can get the equipment and get the training and you're ready to rock and roll? This is all about having that My Ready plan available at the switch. When it's got to be ready to turn on, you cannot be any hesitation. So we build our entire content around these 12 categories. So we're going to go over them today so you have an opportunity to get a little bit more knowledge about what it is we're bringing to the table. Obviously, this podcast is an excellent opportunity to get you when you're out for a walk or you're cleaning the house or you're walking around in the woods, uh, whatever it might be that you're doing, we are blessed to have an opportunity to speak directly to you, but this podcast and the members website are just a very small portion of what we're doing behind the scenes to help Americans just like you be ready to rock and roll. And it's all going to come down to what these 12 categories are able to solidify around your preparedness journey. So let's dive into these because I want to be brief and I also want to be able to make sure I touch upon each one of these in a good enough amount of time that you get a grasp for what it is that we're bringing to the table. So I'm going to rattle them off real quick. And then they're also going to be in the show notes. I believe they've already been in um, Noel's show notes, but we're going to put them in the show notes again. And then you're going to be able to say, okay, how am I building my preparedness life around these 12 categories? Because we went through a lot of attention to detail to make sure that these categories pretty much cover the gambit. There's not going to be anything that you're need you're going to need to have at the ready that does not fall within these 12 categories and they are as follows. Communication, medical, security, mobility, food and water, income and economics, health, community leadership, outdoor skills, situational awareness, defense, and home and family. 
And that's all 12 of them, right? We've got one, communication, two, medical, three, security, four, mobility, five, food and water, six, income and economics, seven, health, eight, community leadership, nine, outdoor skills, 10, situational awareness, 11, for defense, and 12, for home and family. Yes, I did just repeat myself because let's face it, the average human brain only remembers about 15 to 25% of the things it hears for the first time. So if I can say it twice in a row, maybe you'll remember 50% of it. And by the end of this show, once I'm done going giving you a rundown of what all of these will mean to you when you join and become a member of American Contingency, then I think you will have a grasp of all that we can bring to your life. So let's start right out the gate with communication. Effective communication is absolutely essential for coordination, for problem solving in any, any situation, especially in high stress or emergency scenarios. When you are emotional, your midbrain, the amygdala, all that sciencey stuff, it's off the charts. Do you think you're thinking with your rational brain when you are highly emotional? I hope the answer was no, because the emotional center of your brain is going to get a hold of any information first before the rational part of your brain can get a hold of it, because that midbrain is absolutely going to get reached before the front of your prefrontal cortex, which is if you take your one of your fingers and start tapping yourself in the forehead, that's where that's located. So you're going to have to be able to move through your emotionalness in order to get to your rationalness. And that's where effective communication comes in. We want to make sure that you have created a communication plan with your family, your friends, including designated meeting spots, backup methods of communication. Noel brought up walkie-talkies that he does with his neighbors in order to make sure that they are communicating effectively in case of an emergency, um, shared messaging apps if telecommunications is up, um, but what if the phone lines are down? How are you going to be able to communicate with those that you love? Right, Walkie-talkies is a great idea, but if somebody's across town, uh, maybe... Payphones don't exist anymore, but back in the day, you guys remember that, right? Payphones at gas stations. So what are you doing in order to know how to communicate? What if there is an emergency phone that you come across? Does anybody in your family know one another's phone numbers? Does anybody? That is not something that most of us have at the ready anymore because our cell phones have taken our brains and turned them into mush. What are you doing to prepare your communication? We've got lots of amazing strategies and we go over them in depth on the member's website. And of course, everybody that joins their local chapter also learns amazing ways to make sure that they're staying up to date. Ham radio is a huge thing in our community. Lots of people have their ham radio license. In fact, recently on our Facebook group, um, that is, you can join that. Just go find American Contingency on Facebook. Uh, one of our members had just recently gotten her license for ham radio and there's a lot of love about that. Great way to communicate if you know how to set up a ham radio. Not that difficult. It's not that difficult. Number two, medical. Basic medical knowledge and skills, absolutely life-saving in any and all emergencies. Having access to medical supplies and resources, crucial. Crucial for maintaining health and wellness. On the medical front, Building a basic first aid kit with essential supplies such as bandages, antiseptics, pain relievers. Um, you can absolutely take first aid classes. A CPR class, those things are like free at the YMCA. Um, a lot of schools do those free too. That's like a community resource that you can get. You get a little certificate from it. I'm going to say this about my med kit in my car. It was super funny um, going over and I'm at Tom's house one day and we we're talking about my med kit and I'm like, dude, this is a super fly med kit. Let me open it up and show you. But I had never opened it before. 
I'm ashamed to say this. I had never opened it before. And everything was still in individual boxes in plastic wrap. It was not ready at all. At all. If you're going to go off and get yourself a, a medical kit, whether it's on you know one of the big box stores or one of the online retailers, you got to open this thing up. You got to learn what's in it. I didn't then. I'm learning it now. Get a med kit and know what's in it. Uh, another great thing too would probably be watch some YouTube videos on how to splint a sprained ankle or a broken leg because that's something that could happen in an emergency situation. And if you need to be mobile, you don't want somebody in your in your party lagging behind or needing help and nobody knows what to do. And just because you know what to do doesn't mean everybody else in your your emergency clan, emergency party knows what to do. So don't be the only one who knows this information because what if you're the one who falls down the hill and bonks their head and now everybody around you doesn't know what to do because you were the one who knew what to do and didn't share that knowledge with other people. And that leads us straight into security, right? When natural disasters go down, man-made disasters happen, our certainty is taken from us. There's in uncertainty and a lack of security that comes with that. How are you maintaining your security and safety in any situation, right? This, this isn't just about yourself. This is about protecting all those that you love, anybody that's in your emergency party, all of the above. And you want to understand the basics of situational awareness and self-defense because this is absolutely going to be able to mitigate risks. When people feel threatened, they tend to get violent. You never know how hungry somebody might be when you come upon them in an emergency situation. If they come at you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's not enough to just invest in home security measures, sturdy locks and backup power sources. Like That's like preparedness 101. But learning basic self-defense techniques little self-defense courses, knowing how to use somebody's body weight to leverage them down. All right, you know, I don't know how to do this, but I absolutely think it's a great idea and I should totally take a class on this. But I know there's there's a way to turn somebody's wrist that pretty much just drops them to the ground. For those of you out there with military background, okay, you know what you're doing, but does everybody in your home know what they're doing? Some simple practice with them can come down to literally being the difference between them getting home safely or them ending up in the hospital. If you have knowledge and you're not sharing it with those that you love and those in your immediate area, especially in your own neighborhood, right? you want to be building up some kind of neighborhood watch. We'll get into that a little bit later, but when you start looking at security, absolutely important that you know what you're doing and share that knowledge with other people. Number four, mobility. Now, mobility has a lot of awesome things around it, but I want to focus on this go bag. We talk about bug out bags a lot within the American contingency community. Anyone who's been um, within the community for any amount of time, and we're talking like even a month or two, knows about bug out bags, is preparing their own bug out bag. This needs to be packed with essential, essential items, water, non-perishable foods, that first aid kit we talked about Back at number two with medical, you know, the one that you're going to go through and make sure everything's unwrapped. Do you have a map? Because what if your phone isn't working? Have you practiced evacuation routes and emergency driving skills? Again, you can take some defensive driving courses in your community. I know that these are available because I have taken them back in the day. Do you know your evacuation routes? I was recently in Southern California in Laguna Beach. And there's the PCH and there's the five. And there's some roads that connect them and some roads that go past the five. 
But honestly, once you hit the um, San, San Andreas Mountains, once you hit that entire mountain range that's there, you're not going much further past that. you got to go up into canyon roads. If a natural disaster or a man-made disaster happens out there in that area, you're not getting far. And your car's going to run out of gas on the PCH or on the 5, and now you're going to be walking probably back home if you're smart. Do you even need to bug out of your house? Or do you need to shelter in place? These are important things to understand when it comes to mobility. Right? I remember watching, um, I think it was called The Last of Us on HBO. And right whenever all hell starts to break loose at the beginning, they leave the house, they get in their truck, and they start speeding through fields. And there's cars and helicopters and there's bombs going off and airplanes crashing downtown. I mean, if you've seen The Last of Us, then you know it was absolute chaos, mushroom zombies. Not the point. Let's not get stuck on the mushroom zombie part. Let's focus on the fact that to me, I would have stayed in place. I would not have left my house in the middle of all that chaos. There was going to be nuts, nuts, nuts things going on out there. I'd have gotten some people around my neighborhood. I'd have packed us all up in the house, get your weapons, get your food, get your water, and just shelter in place for a day or two and let the chaos fall where it may. When it comes to mobility, knowing whether you should leave the house or stay in the house and knowing whether you, what kind of go bag you need are imperative. Remember what Tom said? Everything in his pockets gets him to his car. Everything in his car gets him either home or to the emergency evacuation point so that he can find his loved ones. What are you doing to make sure you're ready? And go bags change by the season. So make sure you understand, too, what you need in the winter is not going to be the same things that you need in the summer. But you're always going to want to have a good pair of shoes. So what's your car trunk look like? Look, you open up your car trunk, and it's such a messy disaster, you don't even know where the smell's coming from. Hey, step up. Be responsible. Clean out the trunk. Get yourself a go bag or two in there. Make sure you got some jumper cables. Make sure you got some extra shoes in case you need to walk a long way. You don't want to be caught in your dress loafers or your high heels when all of a sudden you got to trek 11 miles across town to get home. What are you doing about your mobility? We talk about this a ton in the member site, and it's absolutely a highlight of every single regional coordinators to make sure that our mobility is being discussed. Because if you find yourself in a precarious situation, you want to get out of it. This is where we pair up security and mobility together. Now, in those go bags, food and water. Here's the key thing, right? There's this sort of saying that goes, every society is 72 hours or nine meals away from chaos. People get hungry quick. And most Americans don't generally have more than three to five days worth of food in their house, especially if the power goes out because we're keeping all of our yum yums in the fridge and freezer. So have you stored at least three days worth of non-perishable food and water for each person in your household? Each person in your household because you want to have access to safe and reliable sources of food and water in order to make sure that you make it through those first three, five, seven days. And understanding how to obtain and store and prepare these resources is critical. Now, I know following a ton of these different um, social media people on Instagram and TikTok and all that jazz, you know, there are a lot of people out there showing you how to be prepared. Are you just watching that as some sort of entertainment? Like it's television? Like, ooh, let's watch all these other people be prepared and I will sit here and do nothing about it. Or are you watching what they do and then going out there and being actionable? Like Tom said, we're not looking for you to set up 30 days worth of food and water. Right now, three. 
and it's like a gallon to, it's like a, I think it's a gallon of water per person per day, but they, they, it might even be three to five. Like to me, I want to be able to wash. I want to be able to clean. I want to be able to make sure I'm taking care of me and my loved ones while we're sheltering in place or while we're on the move, making sure you've got food and water is absolutely important. Chlorine tablets can make um, water that's not as good, that maybe has a, some stuff in there that wouldn't be for the best of your body. Chlorine tablets can take care of that. Life Straw, um, they do not pay me to talk about them, but I would be remiss if I did not say Life Straw. You can literally drink out of like, there could be like a dead deer in water and you could put this Life Straw down in it and you could drink it and you would be perfectly fine and you would be hydrated. I know, a little gross that I mentioned a dead deer in water, but let's face it, y'all. If you're walking Walking around, trudging around in mud, and you're dehydrated, your body is going to start to break down quickly. And a life straw has been created to literally help in disaster scenarios so you can drink any water you come across. I know, it's crazy. Google it. Trust me, Live Straw. One day we'll, they'll become a sponsor of our show. I'll bring somebody on from them. They'll tell you all about how amazing their product is. Okay, that's enough of the free plug for Live Straw. Number six income and economics. It's a little uncertain out there, isn't it? Doesn't it feel super uncertain when it comes to our economy, comes to our money, it comes to the future? Like, what is going on? With is it inflation? Is it deflation? Is it you know what is it? They're making all the bags of food smaller now, so it's like shrinkflation. There's a lot of flations going on, and what is going to be important to you is being able to not only know what you're going to do about money when the chips are down, but understanding the basics of personal finances and economics. This is good for you. This is good for your family. Family. We're looking for financial stability, regardless if the uh, the weather blows sideways, there's an economic downturn, there's a crisis. Here's my concern. We're moving to a cashless society. In order for digital currencies to work, we need to have telecommunications up and running. And that is not a guarantee. That is not a promise. Whenever natural disasters, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes come rolling in, it's just not a promise. I have written multiple articles over there in our member site about how much money to keep in your home, whether you should invest in gold and silver. If so, how are you keeping that at the ready to spend? Because I don't know who's going to shave off a gold flake from your gold bar if you want to buy some milk and some bread from the local 7-Eleven when all hell's breaking loose. And nope, 7-Eleven didn't plug me for that one either. I just randomly say stuff and accidentally mention companies' names. (laughs) So building an emergency fund with at least three months worth of living expenses is very important. And I know, I know, I know, I don't always have it either. Money gets tight. So you put aside what you can put aside. Diversifying your income stream, finding ways to earn a little side hustle money. There are ways if you are creative and you're looking to actually accomplish this, that you can start tucking a little bit here and there. I keep 500 to a thousand bucks stashed in multiple places in my home just because I want to make sure that if the chips are down, I've got some funds, right? I get that a lot of people are like, yeah, but if all hell breaks loose, then the dollar means nothing. The dollar means whatever we say it means. It's not backed by gold now. We're basically just saying it's worth a dollar just because we want to say it's worth a dollar. It could be worth 50 cents tomorrow if somebody freaked the the whole country out enough. A dollar is worth whatever somebody determines a dollar is worth. But you could have some bartering things, right? Th- easy things to barter that you know people are going to want 
when all hell breaks loose, caffeine, nicotine, booze, sugar, right there. You start stockpiling those four things. You can start using that as money if things go sideways for a super long time. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, the United States falling in World War III here or anything. We're just talking about making sure you're ready for any given Tuesday. We'll discuss World War III on a different episode. Let's talk about health, right? How are you maintaining your health? Your health is so important. And this isn't me trying to pump up a gym and telling you you need to start running marathons or you need to go out there and be able to bench press a Volvo. I'm just simply saying, can you walk a mile? Can you go upstairs without getting winded? Have you created some kind of exercise strategy in your life that will allow you to be able to push yourself in very endurance-based modes? If you aren't thinking about what your health is going to lead you to down the road, you could be one of those people who's causing the emergency party that you're rolling with to start to lag behind. Be the one who has the ability to push themselves when all hell's breaking loose. Can you walk a mile to five with the right amount of food and water? Because, right, we already discussed that up at number five. So you've got some food, you've got some water. Now, how far can you walk? How far can you push yourself? If something falls on somebody else, can you be part of the rescue crew to help them get that off them? Your health is important. I cannot stress that enough. Make sure you are physically able to take care of yourself when things are going sideways. Because if somebody else in your family needs your help and you're over there gasping for breath because you've walked half a block, things are not going to play out very well. Please, I beg of you, think about your health. Number eight, community leadership. Get involved. Just knock on a neighbor's door. Effective community leadership helps coordinate resources, um, supplies mutual aid, and, and helps other people in their relief efforts. Maintaining social cohesion in times of crisis. I mean, how many people don't know their neighbors? We just lived in a rental for the last year before we moved into our new house, and we didn't barely know any of our neighbors. And I sort of had this mindset like, I'm only here for a year. I don't really need to turn all these people into friends. But I had said hi to enough of them just walking around the neighborhood, getting my exercise, because my health is important, to know that if I needed a knock on their door to say, what's up? Hey, something went sideways at our house, that they would have known me well enough that they would have at least thought about helping me. (laughs) We've moved into a new neighborhood. Within the next month, I'm going to go around and introduce myself to everybody within a walking distance in the two cul-de-sacs that are back-to-back. And I might even discuss with them building a neighborhood watch program. Neighborhood watch programs are an awesome way to start to talk to other people in your neighborhood about what they're doing to be prepared. What are they stashing away for themselves? I want everybody around me to be prepared like I'm prepared because if somebody knocks on my door and they're hungry or they're thirsty, it's going to be really hard to turn them away just because they didn't prepare to respond and help themselves recover. And that's the thing about being prepared. We say, I got myself taken care of, but if other people around us aren't taken care of, we either have to say no to them or worry about violence starting when we do say no to them. So effective community leadership can coordinate resources. Start thinking about that now. And here's something that I super, super, super want to point out. Expecting somebody else to step up and being a leader, put yourself in the role of hoping somebody else can be your hero. No, you be your hero. Leadership doesn't take a college degree doesn't take 25 years of expertise. 
It takes somebody having the willingness to listen to other people, come up with a really good plan and a strategy, and motivating everybody to go and do it. If everybody's thirsty and you're like, dude, I got a bunch of live straws and I know over there's a river two miles away, trust me, in an emergency situation, I'm following you. You said live straw, you said river, you said two miles away. Sweet. I got my shoes. We all got our shoes because we got our right boat. We, we got the bug out bags ready because we're at the ready. So let's get a walking because I'm thirsty. Anyone can be a leader. Be the leader. Outdoor skills, number nine. Check this out. Basic outdoor skills, this is super awesome. And for a lot of us, we tend to enjoy being outdoors anyways. We've got camping gear. We've spent some time outside. So be ready to be spending time outdoors. And here's the thing too. Basic skills such as navigation, you know, with that map that's in your bug out bag, knowing how to put together a shelter when you're out there and you are in the elements, knowing how to start a fire. These can be life-saving life-saving in emergency situations, right? And it also increases your own self-reliance on you. There's lots of really cool things that you can get in your for your bug out bag. There's these really cool bracelets that are made out of this rope that can actually unwind and you can use to tie things together. And at the end of those, at the connect point, there's this little um, flint that you can use to start yourself a fire. It is going to be something that coin literally save your life. This little flint, this little steel, you just strike them together, get yourself a spark, next thing you know, you got a fire. Right? Whenever you are out in the elements, shelter, warmth, food, water, air. These are your top five. Most of the time, air is going to be pretty okay. Do you got your food and water? Um, I bet you you do because you have a bug out bag. So now, can you build yourself a shelter? Can you get yourself a fire? Think about that show Survivor on the TV. Right When they first get there, what are the first two things that they do? They are thinking shelter and they are thinking fire. They get that thing set up, then they start going and looking for water and they go looking for food. You want to have a shelter and a fire ready to go because if you go out looking for food and water and that takes longer than you thought and it doesn't play out, you at least want to be coming back to something that keeps you out of the elements, keeps rain off of your face, and something that can keep you warm. Outdoor skills are essential. This is like Boy Scout, Girl Scout 101 stuff. Building a fire, knowing some edible plants in your area, knowing how to orient yourself with a map and a compass. These are things we talk about all the time in our members only website and as well as covering them within our local chapters because every different state has multiple different kinds of um, geographies and topographies. There's a lot of different things that we need to be aware of depending on where we are going to be. Situational awareness number 10, stay informed. Know what is going on around you. Paying attention to one's surroundings and having this awareness of potential risks and threats can help individuals. It can help your community. We are looking to stay safe. We're looking to make informed decisions. We are looking to have some level of security going on around us. Situational awareness is imperative. Mike Glover, the man the myth, the legend, who started American Contingency, who started Fieldcraft. This is the guy who has amazing videos, um, whether it's on his social media, YouTube, Instagram. He talks about situational awareness a lot because it's that important. It's, it's so interesting to me. Like when somebody steps on something on the ground and, you know, they're like, oh, I didn't even see it there. Or I'll be like, yeah, you know, dude, look at that guy over there. He's just, he's acting a little sketchy. And they're like, I didn't even notice that guy. Like, what are you, just 
constantly spying on people around. And I'm like, uh, it's called situational awareness. Keeping your head up and down, side to side, moving, looking, paying attention, right? This isn't like trying to nosy in on somebody else. This isn't, you know, being hyper aware to the point where people think that you're, you know, inspector gadget. This is knowing what the hell is going on around you. It boggles my mind when something so obvious that everybody should be keyed on and have a little bit more alertness toward seems to just be right over people's heads. Like people who walk across crosswalks looking at their phone, moseying like it's a Sunday stroll in a park after church. Look, it's the middle of a road. You might have a green light. Somebody else may not give a damn about their red light and thinking, I'll just sue my way to millions because this person run me over is foolish. You don't even know what kind of insurance they have. And honestly, do you really want a bum hip for the rest of your life because you were staring at your phone when you could have just hustled across the street? Situational awareness is key. Do you know how to notice um, electrical lines that are down? Are you paying attention to sharp objects that could be in the road or on the sidewalk or in your yard after a disaster scenario plays out? What are you looking for when you walk out into the openness and you've been hunkering down all night while the storm tore through and the tornado ravaged your community? Are you paying attention to your surroundings? Situational awareness is key and you don't need to go get a class to teach it to you. Just put your head on a swivel and start paying attention to what's going on around you. Number 11, defense. Now, we covered this under security a bit, and back in the day, security and defense were one category. We shifted it up because we believe that they both hold different levels of importance, so we wanted to make sure that they got covered in their own month. Whereas security could be making sure that your house is locked up or making sure that you know some self-defense. Defense itself is being able to protect yourself. Again, these self-defense techniques are awesome. What kind of defensive tools do you have around you? How can you utilize your own body weight to help protect you if somebody comes at you? Right? There could be pepper spray, um, firearms, right? Practical um, situational awareness and de-escalation techniques, right? There's a lot of really good books. Um, I think Chris Voss might be his name. Um, and he does this one on hostage negotiations, but there are some really great de-escalation techniques in this book. Um, I remember he came and spoke at this men's, um, organization I'm a part of called metal, um, media, entertainment, technology, artistry leaders. It's fantastic organization. And we talked a, a lot about making sure that when we travel, we can defend ourselves if something goes sideways. It's imperative honestly, that you understand some de-escalation techniques. How can you use your own language patterns to calm somebody down? And let's talk about guns for a moment. Now, I imagine most of us here are pretty okay with discussing guns and not having the whole thing turn political. But if that's what you feel when you hear the word gun, then I just say, stick around, open your mind, and let's just discuss this in a responsible way. Guns have a place. Guns that are used by trained individuals who understand the importance of being safe with them know to keep the gun pointed downrange, to not be moving it around and aiming it at something you don't want to shoot. That's important. And if you find yourself, and I know for a lot 
of our members, whether they're in the city or they're in the country, there are going to be times and there are going to be situations where you are the person responsible for making sure you get out of a scenario in one piece. You cannot always hope that 911 or somebody is going to show up and be able to keep you intact. Guns have a place. They have a time. We have a lot of information on our My Ready Plan Instagram account about this. We've talked about this over on our Facebook group, American Contingency. We offer gun training within the course. We we help you find places in your own communities that offer gun training. If you're out in the middle of nowhere, the likelihood somebody's going to be able to come and save your ass is very, very limited. We used to live 30, 45 minutes away from the nearest police station where I grew up, back out in the country on the family farm in Indiana. We had to know how to use guns because there was not going to be somebody to show up and help us. Defense, firearms, I know in this country, they go hand in hand. And again, we're talking about this responsibly. So I know that there's nobody getting all flared up about this. Guns have a time and a place. Absolutely. And they can be used to defend your home when nobody else is going to be able to step up. Be your own hero and take a class. Know how to clean it. Know how to break it down. Like, this is important stuff. And I know I'm talking to the kind of people who know it's important stuff, who have training, who know what it's like to be prepared in this regard. So if other people around you are not prepared to handle a firearm, show them ways to learn how to get prepared and be ready when having a firearm is the last line of defense. And that finishes up with number 12, home and family. Create a family emergency plan because you want to be able to maintain a safe and secure home, a safe environment, and having a plan for caring for yourself, for your loved ones in emergency situations is beyond crucial. It is the So everything we have just discussed in this last 33 minutes is critical for your overall preparedness and well-being. And that's why we're finishing with home and family. Because if you stack all of these on top of each other, you have a well-defended and well-protected, very situationally aware, with outdoor skills, You are the community leader. Your health is up to date. You are ready to rock and roll if you need to walk or carry heavy things. You've got your income and economics covered. You've got food and water and mobility and your security and your medical kit. And you know how to communicate. And you put all those things together. And you have one hell of a prepared home and family. One hell of a situation. Right, you listen to Noel. He got emotional. He got verklempt when he talked about making sure that he never had to turn to his family and say, "Sorry, we're not prepared." Tom got verklempt. They both got choked up about never having to say you're sorry, never having to say could have been more prepared if I'd have been paying attention. All of these things lead up to a protected and lovingly cared for and sustainable home and family situation. What's your emergency plan? What's your evacuation routes, your meeting spots? Have you practiced your emergency drills with all the members of the household? Do your kids know what to grab if they need to get out of the house fast? Or if they're home alone with the babysitter, do they know how to be prepared in case a tornado comes rolling through? Making sure your home is properly taken care of and even insured protecting it against uh, potential natural disasters such as hurricanes by having boards you could put over the windows, by making sure that your, um, your safety area during tornadoes doesn't have windows. Like These are things you want to be talking to your family about. This isn't some 1990s you know, 
A&E prepper show where people are hunkering down in bunkers, you know, afraid of World War 17 with 14 years of food. This is being ready for any given Tuesday. And you do not want to look at your family in these situations and be like, sorry, we don't have more food. We don't have more water. We're afraid that our neighbors might come over and take our stuff. We are prepared. That's what you want to be able to say. We're not worried about any of that stuff. We are prepared. We are the prepared. And we are the community leaders in our environment that shows other people how to get prepared, that talks about this stuff with other people. I don't honestly care if somebody wants to call me a prepper. I don't care if they want to make fun of me and say that I've got some tinfoil hat and all that jazz. I will keep bringing up my ability to store some water, to store some food, to have a bug out bag. I'll ask people before they go on long drives, do you have a couple changes of clothes? Do you have emergency shoes? If you're going on a long car trip, do you have extra fluids for your car in case something were to happen that you could at least top it off with some new coolant or antifreeze? Are you ready? They want to make fun and mock and laugh at me. I don't care. I will keep bringing it up. I don't care. Because as shit goes sideways on them, and all of a sudden they need something out of their trunk, they're going to be opening that bad boy up and it's going to be there because I brought it up enough times that they were like, fine, dude, (laughs) I'll put a freaking protein bar and a gallon of water in my trunk. (laughs) Just shut the hell up about it. Don't worry about what people think. Think about how you can help them stop worrying if something were to happen, that they could be ready, that they could be prepared. So there you go, my friends. That's our 12. In reverse order this time, home and family is number 12. Number 11 is defense. Number 10, situational awareness. Number nine, outdoor skills. Number eight, community leadership. Seven is health. Six is income and economics. Five is food and water. Four is mobility. Three is security. Two is medical. And one is communication. These are not necessarily in a particular order based on importance. They are in this order this year because this is each month has its own dedicated topic. And so they're ordered one through 12 because that's what we're covering this year. No particular order. It's not like you can't be taking care of mobility and then later on worrying about your uh, medical. And I don't even say worry. I got to stop thinking worry because we're not worried because we're preparing. Prepared people have a plan. Now you can be flexible from the plan, but you can't be flexible from a nope, no plan. A no, no plan is a plan that you could have had, but nope, you don't. So now you have a no, no. Do you have a plan? Nope. Nope. Don't have a plan. You don't want to have a nope, no plan. Have a plan. Never have to say you're sorry. Be able to talk to your family about this stuff. Don't worry about what they might say behind your back, because I'll tell you what, you talk to them enough about it, they're going to be prepared. I'll tell you what, it makes me feel a lot better knowing that my loved ones and myself is prepared for anything that may happen than being worried about them chuckling and laughing as they walk away from me. Just don't care. I care more about their health and their safety than I do about a little mockery. And you know what? You might be in a community where everybody wants to embrace this stuff, and it's just up to you to be the community leader that helps them start getting organized. That's it, my friends. That is our 12 categories. I hope that you have enjoyed this brief little rundown of what it is that we talk about over here on our American Contingency uh, website, what we talk about within our membership community. This is stuff that our regional coordinators are going over. Our state coordinators are organizing this with their regional coordinators who bring this to all of the members. If you are looking to be a part of a world that can take you from some level of uncertainty to some level of certainty, right? We're here. 
When you're ready to build the skills, the network, and your confidence to be ready for whatever comes next, come join us at AmericanContingency.com. Until next week, talk to you then. Bye-bye.